Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hello and welcome to Keeping Up Appearances, the luxury podcast. If you hadn't guessed already, this is the companion podcast for exploring the world of Hyacinth Bouquet in the hit BBC sitcom, Keeping Up Appearances. My name's Jonathan Vernon-Smith, and of course with me is William Hanson. Hello, Jonathan and I are here because we absolutely love Hyacinth and her world of Keeping Up Appearances, and we want you to fall in love with it as much as we do. In each instalment of this luxury podcast, William and I will take you through an episode of the programme. We'll delve into the world of the bouquets. So... Please do share with us the episode we're going to discuss today, William. This is Kel Surprise, Series 2, Episode 7. Much to his horror, Richard learns that he is shortly going to have to take early retirement from his job at the council offices. Hyacinth, however, is thrilled at the prospect because it means that the two of them will be able to spend some more time together. The main reason why Richard is so worried. <laughs> On the other side of town, Rose is thinking about giving up men for life and becoming a nun. Meanwhile, Hyacinth thrusts herself on poor Emmett at the church hall in an attempt to impress him with her singing. <laughs> there is some great singing in this episode. Yes, there are some great moments in this episode. Yes, this is a, this is a nice one. And, of course, in series one, we had uh, had that Chinese, the first Chinese takeaway moment where someone phones Wayne Elm thinking it's the Green Dragon. Mm. Uh, Chinese takeaway. We get another one this yes. time. She's received a Chinese takeaway call and she's very unhappy about it. And she gives them a a good dressing down on the phone, at which point they're obviously quite abusive to her. Mm. Well, I say abusive. It's not in the in the world of put downs. (laughs) Telling her she could stick the phone up her jumper is not really that offensive. But she takes great offence at it. I'd kindly clear this line. There are people of substance in this community who are probably queuing to ring me at this very moment. But I, I always thought until we, until sort of we, we talked about this that stick it up the jumper. Maybe she's misheard. Maybe there's a word like jacksy or another sort of jumpery sweater word that stick it up your something a bit ruder. <laughs> 
No. <laughs> well, maybe. She's obviously insulted because she comes off the, she, off the phone. She said, I've just been insulted on my own telephone. And Richard making the very practical comment that I don't think there are, there's much opportunity on, on other people's. No, quite. Well, yeah, I mean, he's right. She's decided she's had enough of these Chinese takeaway calls. So there's only one thing for it. Richard's going to have to phone the Chinese ambassador. Because, of course, the Chinese, that's the sort of thing ambassadors look after. Yes. Yes. I like, from a nostalgic point of view, mm. that she uh, demands Richard doesn't just sit there on the sofa. He needs to get up and phone director inquiries. Oh, Do you remember that. the days? Yes, 192. 192. Producer, can you remember uh, director inquiries? Or are you too young? No. Too young. He's a Google Google child. Not even the one one eight one one eight. Oh, you remember them? Yeah. Well, that's what well, that's what one nine two director inquiries became. became. I don't really know why they got rid of one nine two. No, well, you used to get through to a human being, didn't you? Yeah. And then they would say, "Oh, would you like us to connect the call?" Rookie mistake. Mm. When they connected you, they charged you an extra fifty p. Whereas if they just gave you the number, yeah, I can't remember if it was free or ten p, but it was certainly cheaper. But those are the days. Do we even have director inquiries now? I don't know. I don't know what would happen if we found 118118 or 192. is definitely gone. Has it? Yes. 118. How, how do you know that? Because that's the, they they got rid of that 192 became 118118 or 118500. I'm going to phone director inquiries. 192. You've dialed an incorrect number. Oh. Please check oh. the number and try again. Oh. There goes Why don't you try 118118? Are you going to pay my bill? <laughs> I'll buy you a drink. It's probably about £3.50 a, a second now. But, of course, now we have Google. Now we have Google. You don't need director inquiries. No. Just look up the old number. If you want to phone the Chinese ambassador... Is there a number for the Chinese ambassador? Oh, yes, let's phone the Chinese ambassador. Hang on. Chinese ambassador... Hertfordshire. <laughs> Would there be one? Oh... Well, we can't because it says here the last mm. piece of news is the Chinese ambassador to the UK has been barred from British Parliament. Oh. Well, I don't think... Uh, type not. in Chinese embassy. Ch- China, yeah, but she doesn't... Well, does she phone him at the embassy? Yeah, but you're not accredited to Parliament. You're accredited to the Court of St James's. Oh. Just to be technical. Chinese embassy. London. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Ask to speak to the ambassador. Oh. Because you keep getting... I hope you get a cultured voice. Oh. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Well. I didn't speak to the Chinese ambassador. Well, never mind. We didn't get through to the Chinese ambassador. Let's hope Richard gets more success. Oh, Richard, don't just sit there. Get directly inquiries. Well, he does, but we'll get to that we'll get later. To that. We cut to Rose, who's having man trouble. She's decided she's off men. Yeah, she just bursts forth into Onslow and Daisy's bedroom. Mm. They're in bed, as per usual. And she announces she's having man trouble. She's gone off men. Yep. Had enough of them. That's it. No more. 
and thus she's going to become a nun, which she, she, is. Which she announces later. It's, it's a natural response, really. Yeah. Uh, that's it, really, just to set the scene that Rosie's having this trouble, because we then cut straight back to Hyacinth, who's in the front garden. She's waiting for people to go past just so she can announce that there is a diplomatic call happening next door. Yes. We have the first scene where... Uh, Mr Penworthy. Mr Penworthy, who, I don't know if you noticed, he has a very nice voice. Mm, yes, he does. He's got a very, very kind of manly voice. And he then cycles off after she's told him that her husband's on the phone to the Chinese ambassador. But my favourite bit is when the two women then walk past the house and Hyacinth quickly says, I wonder if I might ask you not to cough or sneeze too loudly. My husband's on the phone to the Chinese ambassador. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great, it's a great scene. Because I love the fact that these women could be walking past and that the white stemline telephone is so sensitive might pick up on this, yeah. this small woman's cough but outside. It's just marvellous, isn't it? Because you you just know. <laughs> and we all know someone like this who just is desperate to tell other people yes. about something they want to show off about. Mm. And that's just Hyacinth through and through, isn't it, really? Yeah. She's desperate. Um, when she comes back into the house, she's absolutely delighted to learn that as far as she's concerned, Richard has definitely spoken to the Chinese ambassador because he left a message on the phone and the message was in a cultured voice. Yes. So it's obviously the ambassador because ambassadors are well-read, they're cultured, and so thus the ambassador does his own answer phone message. Yes. Well, what did he say? I had to leave a message. It was an answering machine. Oh. Was it a cultured voice? Yes. Well, that's it then. You've been speaking to the ambassador. And I like the moment where she's so fizzing with excitement that Richard has actually spoken to the Chinese Mm. ambassador. She then insists he budges up on the sofa so she can sit next to him. And then she does this lovely thing where she then realises she needs to get up and she plants his (laughs) own hand on his head. It's just lovely because I don't know how they came up with that. No. Well, them a rehearsal, I would imagine. Well, yeah. yeah. They, they obviously tried it and it just looked funny and they thought, well, let's do it. let's leave that in. Uh, Elizabeth and Emmett are then leaving the house and Emmett has decided that he should push the car because that way Hyacinth won't hear the car and they can escape before she comes out of the house. But little does he realise, Hyacinth's already out of the house. Yes. She's been shopping. There's been a bit of a time jump in between that the scene previously with Richard's hand going on his head and this one, because Hyacinth has now got out the house in a coat with a pot plant and, and is coming in the other direction. Yes. So it's a little about. stretch of time. And she's, she obviously inquires as to why Emmett's pushing the car. So he says, well, the car's broken down. We can't start the car. So Hyacinth says, oh, don't worry, I'll go in and get Richard. Mm. I mean, what Richard would know about cars is anyone's business. But um, they say, well, that's very kind. And as she walks in, she takes the opportunity to sing, people, people who need people. Which is from which musical? I don't know. You tell us. Funny Girl. Oh, never Mm. seen it. Oh, Barbara Streisand. Oh, her. Rose, Daisy and Onslow uh, are then in the living room discussing Rose's uh, man trouble trouble. the fact she's had enough. But there's a nice little moment in this where it transpires Onslow's run out of crisps. And not just any sort of crisp, but crisps that come in from the cash and carry, clearly, because they come in that box that you'd see in a pub. In a box. Yep. Do you like a crisp? I love a crisp. I'm not a big crisp person. Are you not? No. Oh. I'll have some crisps in if I'm having a, a soiree. Yes. A little candlelight supper. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I'll get some crisps in. Although I did get in controversially last time I had a little soiree. 
some vegetable crisps. Oh, they're horrible. Yeah, I didn't love them, actually. No, they're I thought, oh, these would be nice and alternative. Ugh. Alternative they were. Oh, they're awful. I used to in Manchester, I was very big on a wasabi pea. Oh, yes, yeah, so, yeah, quite nice. It tastes a bit fishy to me. Oh, no, the taste... No, really? Yeah, yeah, no, the taste like of wasabi. No, I don't it's like It's all strange. It tastes a bit fishy. Oh. I remember serving some to my father when my parents came to stay, and I said, only have one of these at a time. And my father ignored my advice and put in six in his mouth at the same time. What happened? Blew his head off? Yes, oh. he regretted that. Oh, dear. He's not touched a wasabi pea since. Well, I like a crisp. I like a sensation. Okay. I think they're very Moorish. Mm. Um, but some crisps can be a bit common. I'll tell you what, I, I'd like Oh, to... yeah, mini cheddar. Oh. Lovely but common. Yes, quite. And people who eat uh, cheese and onion crisps or salt and vinegar crisps, mm. I'd like to batter them to death. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because they should be banned, along with fish. Well, I agree with you on fish. I think it's very antisocial. When somebody comes into a pub and they say, mm. oh, I'll have some salt and vinegar crisps, I give them a piece of my mind. Are you already salted? Ready salted is the only flavour of crisp you should ever eat in public. Hmm. Yes, people that eat prawn cocktail flavour. Crisps. Oh. Yeah, are weirdos. It's just very smelly. And it gives you the most rancid breath. Yeah. I like a big steaky McCoy. <laughs> now, they're a bit of a common crisp. Are they? I think so. Oh, they're nice with a pint. Oh. Well, you wouldn't drink that either, no, would you? That's far, anyway, that's far on, too butch. Onslow's run out of crisps. Which is not a good thing. No, that's that's a disaster in the uh, Onslow household. We then cut back to uh, Richard, who is having a look at the car with Hyacinth and Elizabeth and Emmett, and he suggests that he thinks maybe maybe they might want to try the alternator. Maybe it's the alternator. I don't know what an alternator is, but it sounds like it could be the alternator. Uh, I th- I believe the alternator is the part of the engine that charges the battery. Right. I think so. I'm, I'm, I'm not a mechanic, but I think that's what happens. Mm. Um, so they suggest that he suggests the alternator, at which point Emmett says, oh, try it, try it now, Liz. It starts. Oh, wonderful. Richard wonderful, fixed Richard. the car. He didn't fix the car at all. <laughs> the There's car, nothing wrong with the car. But Hyacinth's very proud. And you see that look on her face. She's, she's swelling with pride. It's nice. Yeah. I think it's nice that she, she feels that about her spouse. She does. Uh, she loves Richard very much. And because we saw that previously as well, when she asks him to budge up on the mm. sofa and she kind of grabs his arm. He's done well in this episode. It's a real moment of affection. Spoken to an ambassador, a head of mission. Yes. And he's fixed a car. Fixed a car. He's he, a dream man. He's really. a modern man. Um, then, of course, Hyacinth wants to know where they were going anyway in the car. Oh, dear. They thought they were going to get away with it. And Elizabeth, old big mouth, <laughs> admits that they're going to the church hall because Emmett's playing some music. And then there's a lovely moment where Hyacinth almost goes, oh, right, OK, great, and turns around. They think they've got away with it. Mm, they haven't. I've just had a wonderful idea. <laughs> you play and I'll sing. For the old people, bless them. How they'll enjoy it. <laughs> I'll win the vicar now, and I'll see you at the church hall. And obviously not leaving any sort of uh, room for a response from them. She's decided that's what's going to happen. Emmett's furious, absolutely furious, and you can understand why. Hyacinth decides she'd better go and call the vicar, just to let him know. And I think from a courtesy point of view, how nice. I think actually, I mean, it's not obviously nice that she's just imposed herself on Emmett's musical performance, but nice that she's going to phone the vicar to ask mm. if there are any old favourites that he would like. And the vicar's wife 
on hearing that it's Hyacinth Bouquet mm. uh, is clearly coughing and spluttering in the background. And Hyacinth says, you must do something about that cough, dear. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the vicar is busy because he is ringing his own bells. And there is a lovely line, oh, a vicar who rings his own bells, how democratic. And, and I haven't told you this, Jonathan, only a few weeks ago, at your former vicar, who is now my vicar, in a bizarre twist of fate, mm. we went to church one Sunday. And as we approached the church in the sort of just outside uh, the, the main church bit, the nave, there was Tom the vicar ringing his own bells. And I greeted him with, a vicar who rings his own bells? How very democratic. Did he get it? He got it. Oh, he got it. There we go. <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, there's only going to be one time in my life that I've ever got to say that. Mikey thought I was just making a, just a funny line. I said, mm. no, you know that's a higher than the quote. Oh. So it was a big moment. In my he, life. he didn't get it. No. Do you like church bells? At school, I was a campanologist. Were you? Of course yes. you were. Of course you were. How could we not realise? For my final year, oh. on a Sunday, oh. I was I was in charge of the bells. What was chapel. your technique like? It's good. Yeah. Pull, let it go up a bit. Grab it. Pull, let it go up a bit. Grab it. <laughs> because bizarrely, the verger of the chapel, his day off was Sunday, which I did think was an odd day to take off if you work in the church. That is that is very true. <laughs> Hence why I was brought in as the resident campanologist. Oh. When I moved to St Albans, mm. uh, I had a flat and I didn't realise that behind the car park of the flats, behind some trees, was a church. And on the first weekend I stayed in my new flat, on the Sunday morning at 7.50 in the morning, yep. I was awoken by bong, 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 bong. And the vicar, I presume ringing it himself, he would ring this. It sounded like a death toll. And it was just to to summon people to the to the eight o'clock. So I wrote to him. Oh. And I said, would you mind terribly? Some of us, Sunday is our only morning we get to lie in. Would you mind terribly not ringing the bells that early in the morning? You know, ring them for the later service. But yeah. why ring them at 7.50? Well, he told me to foxtrot Oscar in religious <laughs> terms. <laughs> Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, I can just picture the vicar at the end of his rope. Anyway, this vicar is not having anyone complaining about his bells, although they should do, but we'll get to that later. (laughs) Yes. Because when the vicar's wife goes over to tell the vicar that Hyacinth Bouquet is on her way, Willie's his his technique goes completely pear-shaped, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, he, his hands slip from the rope. Yes. And, uh, and they, they make a funny noise. Um, meanwhile, Richard gets a phone call. Yes, but it's rather strange because... It's not often anyone calls for Richard. No, Richard has no life whatsoever in this other than being Hyacinth's dog's body. And the scene cuts when we know that the phone calls for Richard. So you're left thinking, well, who, who would that be then? Yeah, which is odd because, again, as you, as you say, we don't ever see anything happening for Richard. Um, and we, we then find out that he has been told that he's going to have to take early retirement. Oh. Now, can I just... I'm not at retirement age yet. But I don't think any company should tell an employee that they're going to have early retirement in a phone call. Surely well, no. that would be done face to face. I don't think it's um, or via I don't think it's legal to do it anyway. Now is it? Oh, is it not? No, no. I don't think you can force someone. Maybe into... that's the series six we never had, where Richard takes the local authority to court. <laughs> yes, <laughs> age discrimination. <laughs> Yes, poor old Richard. I mean, he's horrified. But before we realise that he's horrified, we cut to Liz and Emmett, who've arrived at the church, and Emmett is just furious with Elizabeth. Because Elizabeth can't lie. No. And he's just annoyed that she's 
she's blabbed and now Hyacinth is coming and, oh, it's just, well, wretched, the whole thought of it. Um, then we cut to the Richard being uh, horrified about his early retirement. But Hyacinth, of course, is delighted because she'll get to spend, they get to spend it all day, every day together. They're going to be an entity for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 it's the telephone, my white slimline telephone. I'd better get it. It's bound to be someone very important. We'll be back after this. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And we're back. We're talking early retirement because Richard has just been told that that is what is going to have to happen. And he seems very distracted, doesn't he, when he's about to put Hyacinth in the car. He's kind of standing at the boot of the rover, <laughs> daydreaming, probably day-nightmaring, to be honest, Yes, at the very prospect. Um, but Hyacinth tries to get in the car. Richard's not opening the door. He's just not concentrating at all. And we have that lovely moment where they're driving to the church. And at one point, he's so distracted, he drives into someone's drive. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's wearing a very unusual outfit. I mean, she earlier on, there was a scene where she was picking out an outfit, sort yeah. of semi-asking Richard for his advice. Not that he even looked at them. But it's it's almost a bit funereal, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's quite black, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's, not, it's not sort of the, that splash of colour that we're, we're used to seeing her in. Now, you're... You're closer to retirement than me. I am. Still a long way off. But what will you Who be knows? like? Are you going to? Are you ever going to retire? I used to think I wouldn't like to retire, mm. but it's it's a weird old world, 
And the older I get, the the more I, I think, do you know what? There will come a point where mm. I've just had enough. And probably people have had enough of me, <laughs> more importantly. Yes. So, yes, I think probably. Although so I what think, will you do next week? Well, <laughs> I think the ideal, though, in the industry I work in, is just to do a weekend show. Oh, we do a, we'll do a Wogan. I'd love to just do, not a Sunday morning, I'd like to just Saturday morning. Okay. Saturday morning, just once a week, keep your hand in. Mm. I'd enjoy that. Okay, nice, yes. And then what would you do Monday to Friday and Sundays? Oh, cleaning. I'd be at my luxury villa in Ibiza. Oh, or, or Frigg. Yeah, or more likely Frigliani, yes. yes. Okay, Running nice. Frigg FM. Mm. Frigging all over the Costa del Sol. <laughs> all your frigging music. <laughs> do you want to work for Frigg FM? Would you like to come work for Oh, yes. FM? What yeah. show could I do? Frigging drive time. <laughs> Not going to do drive. <laughs> what, what show would you like to do? Uh, I'd like to do uh, mid-mornings. No, I'm doing mid-mornings. Oh. <laughs> I'm not getting up early in my retirement, no. Oh. Um, what about, you could be... Uh, <laughs> William Hansen, frigging through the night. How about that? Yes, all right, I'll do the, yeah. I'll do the nights. Yeah. William's late night raw slot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, it's made for you. <laughs> so, yes, I think that's going to be my return. Good. Mm. Sorted. Lovely. Um, Hyacinth in the car, whilst Richard sort of drives semi-safely, uh, is talking about what songs she should sing. And she's going to end with a finale from the... Sa- the finale is going to be from The Sound of Music. And actually, if you go on YouTube, you can hear Patricia Routledge in her younger pre-Hyacinth days singing... I think, at the definitive performance of Climb Every Mountain from The Sound of Music. It's, She's very good, yeah. It's phenomenal. Well, she was a brilliant singer. Yes. She had a beautiful voice. She has a beautiful voice. She Wonderful. Knocks your socks off. <laughs> Shame she doesn't sing like that when poor old Emmett's <laughs> trying to play the piano. No. But we'll, we'll come on to that in a moment. Fun little fact about the vicarage, because they turn up at the vicarage because, of course, they haven't been able to get hold of the vicar. No. That is, they change vicarages later on in the show. And actually, uh, Harold Snowd writes about this in his book, in that they did just find some random house in Leamington Spa to, to be the vicarage. And they stuck a sign saying vicarage for this. But then after that, the actual vicar of the actual church in Northampton... Uh, was loving having keeping up appearances there so often. He said, "Oh, you can use the actual vicarage if you want to film in." Mm. So then it then switches, which is why later on in the series it looks different. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, Rose has arrived at that moment as Hyacinth and Richard are making their way to the church. She sees Rose, who is staggering mm. in the black outfit, mini skirt up to her bottom, and well, Hyacinth is convinced that Rose is drunk. Yes. And it's not that she's drunk, it's actually that she's taken something. She's taken a tranquilizer. I will not have a sister of mine wobbling. Have, you know, you take tranquilizers, don't you, when you fly? <laughs> I'm, I'm pleased you finished that sentence. Yes, I do. I am a firm believer in three tranquilizers and a gin and tonic. <laughs> this is for long haul. Yes, I mean, the picking up the hire car at the end of the flight's <laughs> always a little bit. <laughs> Now, if I'm going to do an overnight flight, yeah. I do like to take at least a couple of sleeping tablets with a strong gin. Gosh, and that works. Oh, yes. How quickly do you go? What? When To sleep? Yes. Well, I don't know. Oh. Quite quick. 
And it's lovely because you just get woken up as they switch the lights back on and they're coming around with the breakfast trolley. Oh, Perfect. I was sort of a bit groggy when I do you feel groggy or not? Yeah, but who cares? You're on holiday. Mm, true. Um I've never I've never taken a sleeping tablet, so I wouldn't know, but I have given sleeping tablets to others. Have you? Yes. Who have you given a sleeping tablet to? Well, so my former flatmate, who shall remember one of my former flatmates, because I've had a couple, he was going out with somebody who uh, was being a bit annoying. And they had had a big argument, and my flatmate had not come home that evening. And and I say that evening, I mean like 3am. But oh. this flatmate, who we shall call uh, Kevin, uh, came home at 3am. Rufus. Dis- <laughs> that was the flatmate. Oh, well, was- Kevin was the boyfriend. Right. And uh, Kevin came back at 3am, disturbed me. And I had, that weekend, got to finish writing my second book. I was on a deadline. Oh. And I was going to spend my weekend finishing the book. A bestseller. It was, yes, in my head. And then Kevin came home earlier than planned, was was annoying, was drunk, was, oh, where's where's your flatmate? I need to see him, I need mm. to see him. Blah, 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 and wouldn't shut up. He said, I'll just wait downstairs for him. And I said, well, you've clearly had an argument. I don't think you should wait downstairs. He said, oh, I've got such a headache. I said, let me go and get you some anodin. So I went into the cupboard. And if you can imagine my life as a Desperate Housewives episode, the camera would be inside the drugs cupboard. And my eyes looked on the anodin, and then next to them were some, and I never had taken them, some super strength American sleeping tablets. <laughs> you didn't give him sleeping tablets. Instead of the anodin. That's illegal. He was a, we, yes, possibly. He knows about this story now. He's not pressing charges. <laughs> and the statute of limitations... <laughs> the statute of limitations has passed. So I can tell the story. Uh, anyway, it was great. Uh, he was asleep on the sofa until 1, 8, 1 p.m. <laughs> And I finished the book, most importantly. You drugged someone in your own flat. I just gave him a sleeping tablet. Oh, my word. Do you know what, though, he said to me the next day? He said, do you know I don't have a hangover? <laughs> I'm not surprised. Mm. Well, So there is that. Well, uh, poor Rose had had a sleeping tablet or yes. some kind of tablet. Because, I mean, let's face it, she's off her face. She's off her face, falling over the steps to the church. Staggering all over the place. And Richard and Hyacinth have to stick her in a cupboard in the church well, hall. Yes, because she was trying to speak to that dishy vicar. Mm. Hyacinth's not going to be embarrassed by her wobbly sister. No. So they do indeed shut her in a cupboard and Hyacinth goes to perform with Emmett. I know it's been a lifetime's dedication, but I wish you'd try to break this habit of wanting to lie down everywhere. <laughs> and... She's singing a, a, a songs from uh, Annie Get Your Gun, badly. Can you remember the song she sings? With a gun, with a gun, with a gun, with a gun. No, no, look, support me louder, puforate. With a gun, with a gun. No, it's too loud now. Pu piano, pianissimo. She doesn't get much further than that. Uh, and Emmett, she's, there's, Emmett is, of course, so incensed with all of this that his piano playing has gone a bit to shot. Well, he's furious and he bangs the piano and then gets up. But this is, I love Hyacinth. She's so naive and innocent. She doesn't realise how awful other mm. people think she is. No. And he says, he says that he's had enough. I can't take it any longer, he actually says. <laughs> and Hyacinth looks at Elizabeth and says, what can't he take any longer? <laughs> And Elizabeth comes up with the light. It's the stool. Yes. 
And then I like the fact that when Emmett goes off to go and get a, a new stool, really just to calm down, mm. as he walks past Richard, who's still sitting day day nightmaring mm. on a seat, as he walks past Richard, he says, "Oh, shut up, <laughs> Paul Richard." Very rare that that anyone snaps at Richard. Oh, other yeah, than particularly Alice. Emmett, because yes. Emmett feels sorry for him. But yeah, he's taking out his frustration, and Emmett arrives back with a very frisky Rose, who he's found in the cupboard. Mm. And, of course, she, when she spots Emmett, she's all over him. Yes, but Christmas has come early, really, for Rose, because there's both Emmett and the vicar that she then uh, has a choice between. Yes, because they take her back to put her back in the cupboard. But what they hadn't realised is that the vicar, having seen that Hyacinth Bouquet was in the church hall, Mm. he goes and hides in the same cupboard. So, of course, they shut Rose in. Rose then jumps on top of the vicar. The vicar's wife arrives. Just at the wrong moment. Opens the door. There's Rose on her husband. And Hyacinth passes out at the end. Cue the end credits. Did you not once lock a teacher in a cupboard? I did. Well, I I didn't personally, but I was involved. Right. Well, I didn't stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us this story there were, before it was many we go. years ago, many, many, many years ago, and we had a religious education teacher who was elderly. <laughs> Poor thing. And she had in her classroom, she had a cupboard at the back of the classroom, it's kind of a cupboard under the stairs because mm. the stairs were at the back of her classroom. And she went in there to get a book or something. And one of the other kids, not me, I mm. hasten to add, jumped over and quickly locked the door behind her. And she was banging on the door. Help! Help! And we thought it was absolutely hilarious. And how did she get out? I don't. Or know is she, she still there? I don't know that she ever did. <laughs> Poor thing. Poor thing. If she's still alive, I'd like to apologise. Nowadays, of course, I would have let her out. Yes. Those days, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm going to hell. Okay, so let's see how much we were paying attention. Okay. Of course, we're used to taking the Mickey out of Hyacinth for her singing, but Patricia Routledge did win an award for her singing once. What was the award and in what year did she win it? Oh. And I think, well, with the year, should we say closest year wins? I know the award, but I don't know the year. Oh, what was the award? I don't know the award. Well, I, I think I know an award. It was a Tony Award. Uh. She was the only person ever to to date to co-win the award with someone else. Uh. And it was in the 60s, but I don't know when. 1967. I'm going to say 1965. Eight. Oh! Oh! He said 1968. 1968. Well, I was closest. You get the point for that. I get the point for the tone. Okay, seems fair. Now, if you want to keep up with the bouquets, you can listen back to William and I chatting through every single episode before Series 2, Episode 7. There will be a new episode of our Series 2 analysis every Wednesday until the end. And as always, we need your help to let other people into the world of Hyacinth Bouquet and our podcast. So if you wouldn't mind terribly picking up your white slimline telephone with last number redial, giving them a call and instructing them to join us, well, we'd be terribly grateful. I'm going to go and ring some bells. (laughs) 
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.